You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I am Welcome in to another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local12, Local12.com with the real quarterback of Reading High School, UC Bearcat, Carolina Panthers fame. He is the one and only Tony Pike, the quarterback whisperer. Speaking of which, you're getting into the year of quarterback whispering. Is that correct? This is huh? it's a big time of the year coming up. Yeah, well, you got a chance to start melding season, melding yeah. the young, the youngins out there. Yeah, you know it's so hard during the football season because I, I got to give so much time to the you know the Bengals. And yes, things like yeah, that. I do. I realize that. Yeah, really I, lock in. Maybe maybe you can go teach them a, th- a thing or two as, yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. All right, we're gonna break this up. Usually we do uh, we do the NFL and Bengals together. We're gonna split those into a couple segments today. We do college football in a segment. We usually do high school football, but that's obviously uh, done. over with, done, finished. finished, and that's why you're gonna yeah. be quarterback whisper. It up. So how about that? So for people though, by the way, if they want to, if they want their 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 young quarterbacks mm. to be molded by the best, one Tony Pike, yeah. how can they get in touch with you? CincyQBAcademy.com uh, or what's even easier, Tony underscore Pike fifteen. T Pike fifteen on social media. Yeah, now there's a lot of T Pikes on there. I know. I, I, Tony, I've screwed it up myself. Underscore few, Pike. Pike. 15. 15. I've screwed it up myself. There's a yeah. T Pike fifteen out yeah, there. There's a there's a lot of there's, there's a, lot a T Pike sixteen. Yep. You know our favorite, uh, as Bengals reporters, there's a favorite of ours out there. He goes by the name of Donkey Boner, and he's up to Ooh. number 55, I believe. He's, he Ooh. just he has different different accounts. And he's okay. pretty funny, but he just decides he's going to change it up every once in a while. So, I always yeah. like the like, elite Andy Dalton yes, or yeah. the Joey Votto Twitters. Yes. Now there's is there the G-A-U-X Burrow. Go, yeah. go, go, yep. go, Burrow. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right, let's talk Bengals. And um, let's start with Sunday's game and, and, and a couple things that came out of it. One was was Zach Taylor, and, and he admitted on Monday he probably had a poor choice of words. And, and sometimes in the heat after a game, you don't pick your words as carefully as you would like. But I also think it's your real raw emotion mm-hmm. saying what you're saying. He thought his receivers got bullied on Sunday by by the Patriots cornerbacks, particularly on the four balls that, that Andy Dalton threw that were yep. intercepted. Do you buy that having watched it? Do you agree with, with, with his opinion? Uh, well, and, I'll, and I'll touch on the other part of that in a second. I think going in, first of all, I mean, you don't have – A.J. Green, you don't have Auden Tate, so you're going to be uh, underman at the receiver position. But you've been that way for most of the year. Right. So I, I just found it odd at this point of the season with two games left that you choose now to kind of take a stance and go to bat for your quarterback when the likelihood of him being here versus the receivers is different. Oh, or maybe that's why he went to bat for his oh, quarterback. Wow. So it is no 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 Joe Burrow. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not maybe saying Dalton's that. Coming back. But but I'm with you on that. I found that very odd that he yeah. went to bat for his quarterback this late in in basically his Bengals career. I mean, we're talking yeah. about only I mean, play, a, in theory. You're playing out the string with this guy, right? In this, theory, this was a guy you benched earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and a guy that came back and he he's not played well. No, other than the well, the first game back. Yeah, he the did. first game back was good, but like f- four interceptions against the you can't win like that in a half, in three a half. and a quarter. Yeah, so to me. Look, and, and I thought Tyler Boyd handled it great because Tyler Boyd gave a very good explanation as far as a quarterback and receiver and understanding the defense goes. He said they were playing man-to-man. Stephon Gilmore is probably the best corner in the league right now. Probably. Lined up outside leverage. Tyler Boyd's running an out which, route. Which means he's inviting you to, to – to, and he said he said they should have called yeah. a slant. Now, I'll exactly. ask you, and I heard you a little bit yesterday with Mo on the, on the, uh, the Tony and Mo football yeah. show. You made the point there are route trees and route assignments that you can adjust yeah. on the fly. In a play that's maybe called for it to be an out route, which is a timing route, it was a long throw. It was one from from the left yeah. hash to the right boundary. Um, 
Can he adjust that route? Is there an automatic maybe where he can see it and adjust it with a tap of the helmet, a tap of the pan, whatever? Yeah, there could be a signal between quarterback and receiver, uh, but there's only a certain few routes. Like a hitch route against press coverage converts to a fade route. But the problem becomes in the game of football, especially at the NFL, it's all timing. Right. So Andy Dalton's counting on a catch, set, and throw. Right. Uh, And on that pass. But but as good as as it is, Andy's always been praised – for getting in and out of right plays and yeah. seeing defenses yeah. ahead of time and making pre-snap reads. That, to me, seems like a pre-snap read that right. I would be able to yeah, make. That, that, yes? should be, that should be automatic. And and the thing is, it's a passing play, so you should have three or four other options to go to. Yeah. I mean, in the NFL and even in college, there's a lot of plays designed where, hey, if you get this coverage, you read this side of the field, and if you get this coverage, we'll read this side of the field. Kind of like a can't miss, so whatever the defense does, they can't be right. Um, so for Andy Dalton, as soon as he sees man-to-man and outside leverage, Tyler Boyd should be off the list. Against arguably the best. Now, maybe right. another cornerback, maybe a guy who's right. an off-the-street fifth corner, maybe yeah. you make that throw. And even if Not you, against Stephon Gilmore. even if you do make the throw, we, we talk constantly about missed points for a quarterback. You know, if it's a curl route, you want to keep it lower on the body because you don't want it to hit tap up in the air right. and be intercepted. If it's an out route or an out-breaking route, it's very simple. You have to miss outside. Yeah, it, it goes out of bounds. Yes, in the worst and case. that ball was inside inside of where Tyler Boyd was. So not only the pre-snap look was bad, the ball placement was bad, and it's a pick six. And at the end, we're talking about the receivers that need to fight more. Tyler Boyd can't do anything on that. He's running an out route. Okay, so that, that's one of the interceptions. Yeah. That was actually technically interception number two. Interception yep. number one was a route that Gilmore, if you see the replay of it, he clearly runs the route with Tyler Boyd. Again, right. that tells you how good of a right. film study guy, athletic guy, and he physically... now that like one, they knew what was coming. That one, I could argue, he bullied Tyler Boyd a little bit because yeah. he out-toughed him a little bit at the point of the catch. But the ball was, an, it was, a, it was a short in route. Right. Now, maybe a deeper, but it was an in route. Not a, not a lengthy in route, but it was an in route. Um... Gilmore runs the route with Tyler Boyd. You can see he literally takes the same step when Tyler Boyd takes the step. And he bullies him a little bit. But the throw is not only behind Tyler Boyd. It's behind Stephon Gilmore who intercepts it right. with his right arm, which is, was his back arm. Yep. That throw was not where right. it should have been either. See, that that's the thing to me. Is or, that, again, I'm watching the guy run the route with him. I ain't right. making that throw. Exactly. You're, you're nine years in the league. You see the coverage like that. You don't make the throw. And, again, if you do make the throw, it's the mentality of either Tyler Boyd makes an amazing catch here or it's incomplete. The ball placement was bad. The read was bad. So both to the best corner in the league, you have a bad read and a bad ball placement. I mean, that, that, that's not the receiver. The receiver's going to lose sometimes. Yes. That yes. doesn't mean we just say, okay, let's fit it in anyway. You move on. You move on to your next progression. And we've seen that. We haven't seen that from Andy Dalton this year of the let's set up to the left. Let me reset right and reset again. You don't see that because of the whole, we heard Darnold say it earlier in the year, the chasing ghost thing. Mm-hmm. Dalton's never said that, but the past couple of years he's been under so much pressure that we rarely see Dalton go through three different reads. Okay, the the other two interceptions were deep routes. One, a deep one up the, up the right sideline to, to Alex Erickson. I could argue he could have fought for the ball yeah. a little bit more, but again, that ball was underthrown. It was a hell of a catch by the by the kid from from New England. I mean, he had to toe tap just to get it down. Initially, in real time, it didn't look like he had a chance to keep it in bounds. I would say, yeah, would I like Alex Erickson to fight for that ball? Yeah, probably, but at the point where you're adjusting a route, sometimes you right. don't have a chance to turn back and get to a point to fight for the football. Yeah. And I'm not looking to make excuses for all these guys either, and I'm not looking to pin every one of these on Andy. But I'm trying to go through each one, and in my mind, I'm thinking... I'm not sure where there was an opportunity right. where a guy could have fought. The other one to John Ross. 
I've argued in the past where John has not fought for the football, mm-hmm. and it's really pissed me off that John's not fought for the football. On this one, as I'm watching in real time from the press yeah. box with a view of the whole field, I'm watching the route come. I see Andy gets rid of it really quickly. I mean, it's basically, he just took, it almost felt like backyard football where yeah. go deep, I'm just going to throw it and hopefully yeah. you get it. I didn't see a safety coming over. I think John thought the way he was tracking it, and you could argue that John might have misjudged the tracking of it. I think he thought, hey, I've got some separation. I'm going to get to this ball. And then it was underthrown. Yeah. That, to me, is a bad ball. Could John have stopped and adjusted and fought at that point? Yeah, I could give you some of that. But if you're going and tracking, and I'll again, got running full speed. And I think it's going to get to me, and all of a sudden it doesn't. Right. I may not have the chance to slam the brakes on fast enough to come back to fight for right. the football. Especially when you've gone through injuries already. Yeah. And you're running full speed. So I, How about a better ball? Yeah, I, I thought right away, um, knee-jerk reaction watching the game, that Dalton did not play well at all. No, he did not. And just the random kind of Zach Taylor going to now – put my foot in the ground and stick up for Andy Dalton just seemed like an odd time uh, because you have a group of young receivers that are still learning and still battling through and you don't have A.J. Green and now you don't have Auden Tate who was great all year you're already a little depleted uh, confidence in the game of football is a big thing and when you start throwing guys under the bus a little bit and say well they need to fight more and they're getting bullied uh, that takes a little confidence away from those guys. All right, so am I reading into it that maybe he thinks Andy is is the guy next year, or is this just? I hope not. I, I do think there was a lot of frustration. Remember, he gave the team yesterday off, and and he even admitted, I think it was time to just. You're at the point of the season where players need to be away from coaches for a day. Coaches need to be away from players for a day. Let a few things simmer. You got the Tuesday is the is the mandatory NFL off day. Everybody kind of comes back Wednesday. Hit the reset button and go for the final two weeks of the season with with a couple of games that, as players and coaches, you feel are at least winnable. Yeah, I think the frustration was you actually played the Patriots for pretty much toe to toe for a little over a half, and unfortunately, in the span of what three drives, really yeah. not even three drives, Alex Erickson drops a punt that mm-hmm. leads to a field goal. The the, the, the goofy part was it's ten ten. Bengals are going to get one more series to end the first half right. and the kickoff to start the second half. Those are usually, that's the dream scenario right. of why you defer a lot of times, right? Of back-to-back possessions in a tie game. A chance to maybe give yourself some, you know, put together two good drives, get a field goal and a touchdown, a touchdown and a field goal, get two field goals, get two touchdowns. Create a little separation. Instead, the exact opposite happens. Erickson drops a punt, leads to a field goal. Dalton throws an interception, leads to a touchdown. Yep. Next series, Dalton throws the pick six. And just like that, you're down to the Patriots 27-10. to 10. Night, night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the frustrating aspect of this is you see, again, glimmers of positivity. Joe Mixon, again, was great. He was great. But the first series was great. You finally get a touchdown on your first drive. Was it the 21st first, game? First time since the New Orleans game last year. Yeah. So finally get that answered. Um, the defense, to me, I thought got after Tom Brady. I mean, obviously, I the, they did too. the play where Tom Brady had five, six seconds was different. But for mo- the most part, the defense played well. Against a Hall of Fame quarterback. Less than 300 yards. Yeah, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard ran well. The offensive line gave up no sacks and 31 pass attempts. And yet, at the end of the day, you find a way... You get boat raced. To get boat raced. And I look at Andy Dalton for that. And and I'm sorry, but I go back to what we've talked about numerous times. In-game coaching from Zach Taylor. Yeah, the, the, the decision on fourth down again, yeah, which I, we can I, talk I, about. I was going to bring that up. Right, let's go to that. The fourth, fourth and an inch. Not fourth and a full yard. Not fourth and a yard and a half. Not fourth and even two feet. I mean, it was it was almost challengeable, the third down spot. That's how yep. close it was. Okay, I'm not, I'm not blaming them for not challenging it, but it was almost challengeable. And you're going to line up in the shotgun five yards deep with a running back alongside and almost tell the defense, we're running Joe Mixon here 
I, I, you could argue Andy could pull it in a read option right. scenario, and he's done that before. But why would you not just line a quarterback under center and wedge it for an inch? I'm, I'm not. Right. I mean, I'm talking an inch, man. If you can't go behind a center and two guards and make an inch, yep. then honestly, put the ball down, gather the guys up, go to the locker room, and say, "You guys are better. Have a good day." And when it's that, when it's that close. If you're the quarterback and you take the snap and just reach the ball over real quick and it breaks the plane, you're no good. doubt. Or submarine yourself yeah. under it. Like it's it's incredible to me. I look at guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, as great as they are passing, they always get third and short and fourth sneaks. and short on quarterback sneaks. Yeah. They'll get three or four yards. We just needed inches, and we decided to line up in the shotgun. To me, I know there's analytics and there, there's too many things when you start a guy back that far that can happen. One guy doesn't do his job. He's got, and that's what that, that was. The, that was the explanation. One guy didn't do their. Okay. We missed a block. We've seen that before, though. right? Exactly. Multiple I, times on fourth downs this year. You know what? You don't have to worry about on a quarterback sneak. It's not a matter of missed right. block. It's a matter of just get a little push, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of push. And guess who else can come push? Even though it's against the rules, everybody does it. The running back. Yep. See it every. You see it every week now. Yes. So for me, uh, when I sit back and I watch that play call, and then I I see, okay, that was the first time since the Saints game of last year, that we scored a touchdown on our opening drive. We've gone the last seven games now without a second-half touchdown. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to ask you to about. To me, what is the beginning of the game and the second half about? The beginning of the game is about game kind plan. of scripting and game plan. Second, second half, half is, is about adjustments. adjustments. Yes. So our offensive-minded head coach that's got so much on his plate that has struggled calling plays this year, Cannot get it done as far as adjustments right now. They're talking 14 quarters of football yes. in the second half without scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. In fact, you want to know a stat, stat here? Technically, they've scored 20 points. The defense has two of those points. Right. So the opposition has scored two touchdowns themselves. I haven't looked at this entirely, but we also had a couple other fumbled situations where I literally believe that if an opposing offense in the last sec- seven games in the second half had not taken a single snap, I think the other team would have outscored the Bengals. I know just in, in touchdowns alone, it's 18-14. to 14, The Bengals have six field goals to two touchdowns. Yeah. I guarantee there's been a couple other turnovers that were in a territory where all that they would have had to do was line up and kick a field goal. That would have been yeah. enough. I guarantee that's embarrassing. That, that's hard to, that's hard it's to, hard to that's believe. Hard to accomplish. But again, that goes back to me on your head coach. You're, you're supposed to make adjustments Slash at halftime. play caller. Slash yeah. play caller. You're supposed to make adjustments at halftime. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to game plan during the week. This shouldn't have been... This long in between games to score a, drive, a touchdown on your first drive. Yeah, he doesn't get dinged for last year. Right. I mean, it was the last seven games of last be, year, but it was also the first four, 13 games yeah. of this year. So that should be where you feel good about things. Right. Hey, we got this game plan in. We're going to go out and, and, and execute it right away. And it took him till this game to do so? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, to me, combined with the halftime adjustments, combined with some of these fourth down calls really start to scratch your head like, okay, is, is this really the right guy to call plays? I, I don't disagree with because that. I, and, I, and I'll give the credit where this team hasn't rolled over. This team continues to fight. I get all that, but they're still not converting on offense. So everyone talks about Joe Burrow and what they're going to do with the offense next year. You might want to look into having a, a, a guy that can call plays, either if that's Callahan or if that's a guy you bring in to – mold and mentor a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. there's no point in bringing in the Heisman winner if you put him in a system where he's not going to be able to succeed. Bring in Joe Brady. Yeah. See, I thought I thought Sunday when you heard the fans chanting, Brady, I, I thought maybe they were chanting for Joe Brady. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I think Tom it's Brady thought it was for deal. him. It's a package deal. Brady and Burrow. Yeah. Because at this point, I mean, let, let's, be, let's be honest, Boomer handed Joe Burrow a Bengal helmet. He embraced it. And he didn't. 
<laughs> he didn't chuck it. Didn't throw it back. Didn't chuck he it. He smiled and held it. Yeah. So you tell me. At yeah. this point, I, I at this point something needs to be done on the offensive side. I, of the ball I agree. In the no, I, I don't think that's an unfair thing. And and I think that as a head, and I gotta I gotta separate him. So if I'm him as head coach, and I'm evaluating myself as play caller, if I separate the if those are two different people, it's Zach Taylor and let's just call him Zach Taylor Jr. is yep. the offensive play caller. Wouldn't at the end of this year you call Zach Taylor Jr. in and go, but he See just ya. didn't get it done. I'm right. sorry. See ya. Yep. Yes, hundred percent. I don't think. Why is it that hard? I mean, we we criticize Marvin game in and game out for not making a job. Yes, it's fair to criticize this guy. There's and, no doubt. Zach Taylor deserves the criticism I agree. as well. You, I, you, at some point, you have to make adjustments. You have to get it done. You have to take the next step, or you have to have enough of the realization to say, you know what, being a head coach, dealing with all the off the field stuff, I got, I got to, I got to lighten my load a little bit. No, I agree. We got to find someone. And now. I mean, you think that coming off a season where you can win one or two games is bad, you're now bringing in the number one overall pick, and you're going to draft a quarterback. If that's the case, then be ready to answer questions all next year about the development of that quarterback. No question. Which is going to be under you. Utterly, absolutely so correct. you're going to add more to now, the plate. a lot of the development will come fall to Alex Van Pelt. Right. I, I like. I think Alex is very qualified. He's a former, former NFL quarterback, coached in Green Bay, coached Aaron Rodgers. In fact, Aaron Rodgers was... Pissed yep. when they let Alex Van Pelt go. So Alex Van Pelt is highly thought of. So Alex will be, uh, I assume, a part of that. But I think also as a play caller and offensive coordinator yep. and, and tailoring a game plan and all of those things and calling to your guy's strengths, I think that does fall on Zach Correct. Taylor and Brian Callahan. Correct. Yeah. All right. Let, let's. I got a couple other key things here to get get to. AJ Green being one of them. Joe Mixon being another. But I. But you touched on Joe Burrow. I think every Bengal fan now is defaulted to that mode of, mm-hmm. of it's Joe Burrow. But I'm going to bring another scenario to you. Miami Dolphins pick at number three, and they have another first-round pick at 26. And I, I don't know what they've got in the second round. I know they've got multiple picks. And this is going to tie into another question. So I'll tie this into the A.J. Green situation. So let's get to that, and then I'll get back to this. A.J. Green now is seeing a foot specialist. Um, the last few Sundays, A.J. Green has worked out before games and has looked, looked great. great. Um, it got to the point where I think most of us who cover the team and are around it have believed that this was the week that A.J. was going to come back. Good weather. Nice weather, grass Grass. field, chance to put something on tape to show that you're ready to go. You play the last game against Cleveland, and the season's over. It's one of two things now with this foot specialist, and Bengals fans are going to probably want to gouge my eyeballs out for saying the first part of it, but but bear with me for a second. It's one of two things. It's it's either he does need to see the foot specialist, number one, and and it does still bother him, and that's, that's a problem in itself. Or it's him knowing that it's to the point of, I've shown I'm healthy enough. I've really probably got to go out there and play. Or I come up with the concocted, ah, you know what, i got to go yep. see the foot specialist. So I tell my agent to say, hey, reach out to the Adam Schefters in the national media and tell them I'm seeing a foot specialist because then I won't, I won't have to play these last two games. Yeah. It's one of two things. So if it's the latter, that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I want that guy around. Yep. If it's the former, he's obviously going to miss the last two games then. This will now be... Basically, a season and a half that he's barely he played a handful of snaps last year in a game against Denver and missed a bunch of games surrounding. He basically missed a year and a half's worth of football. Yeah, I'm not signing that guy. How do you bring him back? I'm not re-signing that guy. In either scenario, how that, do you bring and that's him my back? point. The one scenario is okay. You want to play that game? Go walk. I don't care. Now I can also argue that the trade deadline then you blew it by not yeah. getting something for him, which we I think touched yes. on pretty heavily. Yes. Or it's this guy isn't sound enough to trust. How am yeah. I going to trust? This guy. Yep. So now I know people will say, well, then how's another team going to trust him? Because here's why. 
AJ Green does not want to be franchise tagged. So he's this made that very clear. This now backs the Bengals into the corner of man. If he's not healthy enough, do we even want to tag him? So then they say, all right, you know what, AJ, we are going to let you walk. So he goes to another team and goes, hey, listen, man, my foot's great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going. I'll work out for you for five straight days if you need me to work out for you, and we'll run routes for two hours, and I'm going to prove to you that I'm fine. Right. I just didn't want to resign with those jamokes, right. and I backed them into a corner. They didn't want to negotiate with me, so I didn't want to negotiate with them, and I want to get out of there, and I want to still look like the good guy to get out of there. Hey. It's my foot, man. My foot's right. bothering me. Don't do anything. Me. Okay. Again, if it is, I'm not resigning you. Right. You're not sound enough. You're going to be 32 years old. If that's what you're showing me and telling yep. me, uh-uh. 32 Bye. and missed a, missed a whole football season. After what it, at, at the start, when it happened the first day of training camp, it wasn't always going to be out the whole season. It was three, It was well, it was four to six weeks, which obviously was a was a was probably a miss timeline but it felt like but you think maybe he'll miss four four games games. that's why they look they didn't ir him because they felt that confident he was going to be back well within the eight-week window he was going to have to miss i was at paul brown stadium the day that they announced that he was going to be out four to six weeks or whatever it was and you're thinking okay well pittsburgh monday night night, night. yeah felt perfect now it's like okay well everyone's watching him pregame and he looks great there's videos of him running routes pregame he looks great Miami on the grass, good weather. That's the looks great, and now all of a sudden, so I think there's maybe maybe there's things going on behind the scenes where they've the Bengals have reached out and said, hey, here's where we're at with the contract. Oh, they and have. Green has they're, said, not well, they're not close. They're not close. Even close. So no. if that's the case, and he doesn't want to be here, or if the case is that his foot is not well enough, it, either either those either, scenarios, either those scenarios, you don't buy. want him here. No, and then that goes back to the Bengals missed a huge opportunity. To get something, get something at the at the trade deadline. Yes. All right. So that that goes back to my next scenario because everybody's in in the Joe Burrow camp. I'm I'm more there than I have ever been probably because I get it. It is fully time to move on from Andy Dalton, and I am fully ready to to take that step. I still wasn't quite there this past Sunday. Just kind of got to the point of you know what? All right, it is what it is. It's, he needs a new scenario. He needs new scenery. They need a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced Joe Burrow is a is a clear cut guy. I, I told somebody the other day, you know what Joe Burrow is? Joe Burrow to me is going to be Andy Dalton on his best day in the NFL. That's what Joe Burrow is. I don't feel special. I know he looks it. So did Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne Haskins, I still, the jury's nine miles out on him. So the Miami Dolphins have at least two first-round picks. They have a number three, and they have a number 26 in the first round as it sits today. That's from Houston. That could change, obviously, depending on Houston's playoff status. And they've got multiple other picks. Let's say the Dolphins are just, they are so in on Joe Burrow that they, they can't even see straight. And they tell Bengals, listen, we want we want to hop to number one. We 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 want that yeah. guy. We know you guys because number two is the Giants. They're not drafting Joe Burrow, so right. um, the Dolphins could play a game of chicken if they will. But let's just say they rate Joe Burrow so highly that that they're willing. So you're going to move on from Andy Dalton mm-hmm. in all likelihood, and probably get something in return for him. I, I could see you getting a third and maybe a fifth, something third and a sixth for Andy because this quarterback carousel in this offseason is going to be crazy, yes. especially if Brady retires. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Indy's showing that they need a quarterback and yeah. Jacksonville's going to maybe need Chicago. a quarterback. Chicago. I mean, just get, I mean, just go down the line. There's a lot of them. So the Dolphins say, you know what, we'll, we'll trade you th- number three and number 26 for number one because we want Burrow. Yeah. Do you do it? No. Nope. Tell me why. I, I still, I think Burrow is still a guy that that's going to have a successful NFL career. Um, what if I tell you at three I could get I could get Herbert and at twenty six I could get one of those Alabama wide receivers? Because this, but this is a deep wide receiver class. Yeah. I mean, deep, it's deep, a very deep, deep wide receiver class. I just watching down the stretch, 
I'm just not as sold on Justin Herbert as I was during the season. I think he's got more um, opportunity to be a bust than his upside shows. See, I, I think be, Burrow does too. And I could be wrong about that. I'm just. You know what really sucks? And I'll be. What really sucks is the Bengals fall into a year where they have the first overall pick in need of a quarterback, yeah. and it's just not a great quarterback year. It doesn't I worry. feel like. My my only concern of Joe Burrow. If you look at that LSU roster, he's got like nine dudes at receiver. Yes, and he's got nine years to throw the football. Yeah. So I need to see my, a guy under duress. My only question is, can Joe Burrow be the leader of a franchise that's not very good right now? Can Joe Burrow I uplift? I think mentally he can. Yeah. I, I do. I think can Matt, Joe Burrow uplift I think that Heisman speech showed him. what he is. Now, I do. I thought the speech showed what kind of dude yeah. that is. Now I think if, if Jonah Williams is the guy you thought he was, and he's your left tackle of the future— and you could do something free agent wise to sure up the right a side. right tackle, mm-hmm. then I think you give a great opportunity to Joe Burrow because you do have Joe Mixon and you have Tyler Boyd and you can maybe go draft a receiver. Um, and as bad as the defense has been most of the year, they've been they've since been the, better down the since stretch the, since the Baltimore game. They've been they've really been, they've been yeah. they've played winning football. Yes, correct. So maybe there's not as many holes there. Other obviously linebacker is no, still a huge deficiency. I mean, Jermaine Pratt, he's I don't, played better. I don't know what his long term. Uh, success rate is going yeah. to be, but he is certainly I, I don't think it's completely coincidental that the defense has been better since he has been starting games. Yeah. He sometimes runs around like a chicken with his head chopped off, but every week yep. he's making tackles. Right. I just I, I don't I don't think you can skip Joe Burrow because I think his talent is is, I, so, a, is above average in the NFL. But I but my my worry is when you draft a guy like that number one and we've seen it with different teams in the NFL, the organization in the front office needs to be willing to say this roster needs major changes, yes. what can we do to help this guy? Which to me would be, can we do anything to find a way back in the first round and get one of these receivers? Can we or do if, anything? If, it's, if it's deep enough to literally, if you're at the top of the second round, right? That's where you go there too. Right. But but it needs to be an off season of aggressiveness. Yes, a la what the Baltimore Ravens did by by drafting and signing three tight ends and getting Mark Ingram, getting Mark. Like you need to say, okay, this is this is not draft Joe Burrow and we wash our hands and say there you go there you go we're good good luck there you go we're close you know we almost beat Tom Brady and them but you know we had 17 points off turnovers and they were cheating and stealing our play so we're close uh Joe Burrow go handle everything else no you have to build around the guy and you have to make it a situation where he can he can be set up for success in the NFL regardless of who you take what if what if their scouting department which is you and me um what, yeah, what, if, correct. what if their scouting department Rates Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert equal, and well, the Dolphins if, come to you with that. If that's deal. the case, then you have to take. It. Okay. You, if, okay. If your scouting department is dead set on hey, and department here is a loose term, by the way. Yeah, folks. yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe we could do a, a documentary on the Bengals' advanced scouting department. <laughs> Got to find them first, and we could just get together in a bar and have a couple beers. <laughs> exactly. It. Jot a few things down on a, le- yep. on a legal pad. And go. Yep. What'd you see on that play? I don't know. What'd you see? Yep. I saw that. I right, good. Let's go. That's Here's our report. That's advancement. It, it is. I like it. <laughs> Sunday, like Sunday ticket. Oh, can we buy the Sunday ticket? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's how they do it. All right, lastly on Joe Mixon, who I admire the way the guy plays, and it's yeah. hard not to. I mean, this dude is running through people. He's running around people. Mm-hmm. He is busting his ass every week. They obviously came with the pin and pull blocking scheme, which I wrote about last week. I think a lot of people wrote about it last week. We've been talking about it for a while. It, it's it's given them a level of confidence. It's given them the the pep and the step they needed in the running game, and Joe obviously has run well behind it. 
The catch-22 here is the following, though. Joe Mixon has one more year on his rookie contract, which is next year. He'll be a free agent after that. Joe Mixon has run well enough and hard enough and and, and is still he's still a young man. I mean, he, he's not an old guy by any yeah. stretch. He's probably, I think he's only 23, maybe. Um, but running backs get quickly get tread on the tires, yeah. and that's why they don't a lot of times we're seeing them not get mm-hmm. second contracts. What do you do with Joe Mixon in this offseason? Do you go ahead and look to extend him, which would probably, if I'm Joe, I'm looking for four more years on top yep. of through, you know, that would probably take him through 20, doing the math, or 2024, and obviously multi millions of dollars. Let's just say that's the asking point, and mm-hmm. I understand the I understand why he would do it. This is a leverage moment for, for, for Joe Mixon. Yeah. If you were the Bengals, do you wrap him up? Yeah, I, I do because I don't. I think when you look at Joe Mixon's time here, I don't think that we've ever said that he's overused. I think Fair. there's been a lot of times yeah. where he said, "Man, they just, mm-hmm. we're not using him enough." Yep. So I don't think he has as much tread as a lot of guys. He doesn't have as much tread as a Christian McCaffrey. No, right. He doesn't have much tread as Dalvin. And he'll Cook be a, he'll be a free agent. And guys like although that. They, they can do fifth yeah. year option on him, they cannot do fifth year option on Joe. Right. But so I, I think there's there's certainly less tread on those tires, and I think on Joe Mixon's side, you have a franchise and an organization where there was a lot of stuff negatively put out there about you in the draft and the Bengals took a chance on you mm-hmm. and they gave you that opportunity um it certainly doesn't help or doesn't hurt that Bill Belichick came out and said it's he's the best running back in the league there's some leverage there if you're there's the agent leverage there you're <laughs> like hey ding 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 that's dollar signs uh but for me if I'm the Bengals I and, and you're talking about wanting to build around a young quarterback it's nice for a young quarterback to have a guy that you can hand the ball to in the backfield with you look at look at Roethlisberger's first year in Pittsburgh Jerome Bettis and a and a really good running game. Yeah, he wasn't asked to do very yes. much on that team. Right, and I'm I'm I still would assume that Joe Burrow is going to be asked to do more than that. Yes, but yeah. At the same time, that, that's a pretty good start. You got Jonah Williams coming back at left tackle. You get you get Joe Mixon locked in. That's a pretty good start for a rookie quarterback yeah. to say, okay, my blind side is taken care of. My running game and is my taken, running game's taken care yeah, of. Because yeah. if you get that and you get the play action going, all of a sudden those windows in the NFL that are super tight become a little more open for you. Yeah, I'm of I'm of the ilk if I'm a if I'm a GM, I don't know if I'm ever signing a running back to a second contract. Yeah. I don't. But I think this is a different scenario. I think it's unique because of a couple of things you said. One, there's not quite as much tread. I mean, go back to his rookie year, they tried the three-headed monster at running mm-hmm. back of Jeremy Hill and and yep. Gio and 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 Joe and that that I mean he didn't get a ton of touches uh, the last couple of years. He's gotten more, but yeah, not as not as many as a lot of young backs. I think the other thing too is just the way that, that that Joe has continued to play so stinking hard. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to set a culture and a tone, don't you want a guy like that? Correct. A guy that no matter what is going out there, bumps and bruises, he's not missing games. Um, and again, it, it's very easy to get frustrated and voice frustrations. He's stayed positive yes. for the most part this yes. year. And there's times where you thought, oh boy, he's going to explode not getting touches, and he's, he's stayed professional. He's done his job. And when he's given opportunities, he's been successful. It's just been, why isn't he getting more opportunities? And here's the other thing I would tell you why I would sign Joe Mixon. It's the other part. And all these intertwine. You've obviously set aside money for the potential of re-signing A.J. Green or franchise tagging him, which is still, the franchise tag is, yeah. it, it's bad when you're an older guy, but it's not like you're not getting paid. It's not like you're going to the poorhouse. You're getting paid the average of the top five receivers so you're you're going to get a, a piece of change for a year 
But I think that money that I was setting aside for AJ Green, I think I now put my put that pot of money towards Joe Mixon, and I yeah. let AJ Green walk. Yep, I just do. Why not at that point? Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly what I would do. I mean, when you look at, I mean, stat wise, this year, Christian McCaffrey has 265 rushing attempts, but he's going to be over 100 receptions. Oh yeah, we're talking so, touches. Touch, yeah. Touches. He's probably so that's close to four hundred a year. That's a ton. Yeah, as opposed to Mixon's had two hundred and thirty this year, and he's got thirty-two receptions. Right. So there, there's not as much tread. Uh, there's not as much on the tires. Um, he's never been a guy that's taken bad hits, and you're like, oh boy, concussions might be a right, problem. Right. I, I think he's a guy you ride with because of on the field production. And what he's done in the locker room. I, I think I mean, so. Since he's I, been drafted here, he's been a professional. I think so too. I, I, I again, I'm, I, I think running back. I feel for running backs because it is a demanding position, and it feels like. But the, but the last thing you want is a rookie quarterback coming in with a young running back. Well, you'd have Geo, but, yeah. but Geo can't. There's no way he's a every down back right. in the league, and he's just it's it just is what it is. Um, but if I'm Joe, though, so that lends me to the final part of this. So then you're Joe. And you're looking for the extension, and you don't want this to go to free agency. If I'm the Bengals, right. I don't want it to go to free agency. But what if negotiations aren't there? What if we are in training camp, and he's looking for the extension, and they're not willing to extend? Holding out. I, I could see it, and I yep. could, I could honestly, I could condone it. I, I, could, I, I get it. Absolutely. If, if I'm Joe Mixon, and, and there's not something there that I feel is valuable to me, and I look around the other league at what these other running backs are because getting. Because then if you get hurt next year, right. your year before free agency, yep. you ain't getting paid. Right. You're you're now looking out for yourself. Yeah, and I don't. Which I, is, which is at, at this stage, you got to do with it. How violent this game is, and that's you gotta what, look out for yourself. And that's where I think if I'm the Bengals, I do that very preemptively. I say, you know what, we're not. We're, the money for AJ is yeah. now going to Joe Mixon, and yeah. let's get it done. And what I think is interesting is the the CBA is going to be redone here. For well, the, you, we maybe have face a strike after right. after 2020. But my thing is with that, maybe the rookie pay scale changes. Yeah, we maybe uh, different things changes. So if I'm the Bengals. And I see what teams have done successfully with rookie quarterback contracts to build around it. I want to make sure I get that done this year. Yes. And I want to make sure I lock those guys that's in. A, and before. that's a great point because I, I, I'm not so sure if I'm not the players, I don't I don't go to say, listen, the rookie deal should be three-year contracts. Right. And then no more, in this case, fourth year. Right now you get, for those that are drafted in the first round, every rookie contract, let me back to mm -hmm. for those that know, every rookie contract is a four-year deal. It's locked in yeah. a different way. Because I've heard people, they're going to be able to pay Joe Burrow. It's it, it's slotted. It's, right. You, you, the money's, yeah, it's already there. Uh, so that, that part's not, that used to be that, that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, when, when I was coming out, Sam, or, uh, Sam Bradford got like $80 million guaranteed. Yes. You don't do that anymore. No, right. It's, it's, slotted. It's, it's slotted. But every, every rookie contract's a four-year deal. If it's a first-round pick, it's a team option for year number five. Mm -hmm. So, to a large degree, if you're a first round pick, you're almost locked in for five years at a right. set price. Right. You could be the after two years, Joe Burrow could set the world on fire and be the next coming of of Tom Brady. Yep. And he's still locked in for three more exactly. years at that rookie pay wage. As as the agreement is right now. As the agreement is right now, and that's where I wonder if the players don't fight to say, "Hey, three years, no fourth year option." Let's let's yeah. let the let's get especially for running backs because they're the right. ones that are kind of getting screwed because four years of Christian McCaffrey use yep. as you mentioned by year five and if they give him the fifth if they option him for the fifth year so now he's five years of tread on the tires yep hard to get a payday after right. that it just is and I think you're seeing it with Le'Veon Bell yep. I think Le'Veon Bell I think all the running backs were holding their breath thinking boy they hope this works out and he's yep. going to be great and mm, didn't work out so good yep. mm. so get it done while you can I mean yes. there's a reason Lamar Jackson's great. But there's a reason they could pay Mark Ingram. Yes, because he's pay on his Earl rookie Thomas. deal. There's a reason they could build all that that team around him. 
It's a quarterback on a rookie deal mm-hmm. in the NFL where you can build around him. They did that with Jared Goff when they built that team and went to the Super Bowl. No doubt. They did that right now in Buffalo, who's a playoff team around a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. You see it more and more around the league right now of successful Carson teams. Wentz in Philly. Yeah, that now, even though built. Carson Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl, he, Patrick Mahomes. he got there. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it, you go through every different scenario, there's quarterbacks that are on rookie deals that are having success. That, that's why the, the talk right now is, and we can talk about this in the NFL, Dak Prescott getting paid. That's because they've look at what they've done around that team. Right. Because Dak Prescott's controlled. Right. So take advantage of it while you can. Go out and get it done. I agree. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of NFL football. We've got some college football to talk about. i got a Luke Fickle question I want to mm. ask you about college football. That and more. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPmediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it. Welcome back into segment two of the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12. Local12.com is the place. You can find me on Twitter at Local12Skinny. And he is the former quarterback, Tony Pike, the quarterback whisperer to all the youth in the tri-state. He is Tony underscore Pike 15 on Twitter. There you go. Don't don't look at all the fake T Pikes no, out there. There's a lot of there's a lot there's of a lot fake, fake T Pikes. Exactly right. All right, we talked Bengals in the last segment. Broke down a bunch of different things, not just from the game, but from contract situations. So if you just hopped into this and you want to hop back, hop back to that segment because we covered a whole lot of ground involving AJ Green and his future, Joe Mixon and his future, Andy Dalton and his future, and Zach Taylor and his future as a play caller. Yes. Look, there we go. Joe Burrow. All right, let's get to uh, just the NFL in in general. Um, Drew Brees set the uh, the NFL touchdown record on, on Monday Night Football, and that's still fluid because Tom Brady is, actually went ahead of Drew Brees yeah. on Sunday. Drew Brees then went ahead of both uh, both Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning. I, I I know someone who covers Sean Payton, and Sean Payton apparently is just a class A jackass as a person, but as a as a coach and play caller, I think as a quarterback, I think there's that perfect storm right where the guy. Yep. fits your skill set as a play caller and a coach, and as a quarterback, he fits you you as the play caller. I mean, that seems like it's been a an absolute perfect marriage between those two guys. Yep, 100%. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything better um, the way that they were able to dissect defenses. And look how the Saints are doing it this year. Alvin Kamara is, what, two touchdowns this mm-hmm. year? Le- 18, way less touches. They, 18 last year. Yeah, Latavius Murray's kind of the yep. change of pace, bigger back. He's yep. kind of taking the Mark Ingram role, but they really haven't run it yep. quite as much. Obviously, Drew Brees himself speaks for himself. Uh, what, I, what I take coaching, and, and I think successful coaching at the next level, I look at, okay, who's the best player on the team, and how do you still continue to get him involved? How does Michael Thomas— Correct. <laughs> Michael Thomas he has a hundred more receptions, I believe. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think you're looking it up as we speak, which is great because you can hopefully back me up on this. I think he has either ninety to hundred more catches than the next guy on his team. Yeah, he uh, he has one drop this year. That's going crazy. In, going into last night, he needed to average eight receptions over the next. He had eight three in the first games. half, didn't he? Yeah, 
uh, eight receptions to break the all-time record for receptions in a year. He had 12 total last night. He goes off for 128 yards. That's the best receiver on the team. The best receiver in football. With, yet, with no complimentary piece? Correct. And yet, yeah, who's who's their number two receiver? I don't know. Is Ted exactly. still around? Who, Could, I, couldn't I, tell you. I, I, don't, I don't know. But at the end of the day, Taysom Hill? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, at the end I, of the day, I look at a head coach and a play caller that finds ways to get your best player the ball, even when he maybe get double teamed. Isn't that interesting? We've talked about that for how long with how'd the, the Bengals? How'd the Steelers get Antonio Brown open? Exactly. You think Antonio Brown always got single covered? Exactly. So yeah. I look at that and I say, man, you're going to have a receiver that's going to break the all-time single-season record. And it's crazy enough for the NFL because he's not even an MVP candidate when he's going to set receiving records. No, and I think he should be. And I, and, I, and I get why Lamar is, and I get yeah. why Russell Wilson is. But to me, Michael Thomas makes yeah. that whole offense go. As much as Drew Brees makes it go. Right. One drop. I think it, it's something crazy. I don't know the exact stat. It's like 89 or 90% when Drew Brees of his targets. targets Michael Thomas. He catches it. They are caught. Yes. Like 9 out of 10. And, and That's for, insane. For those wondering it, if I throw, if Tony throws a pass to me and, and Tony, Tony, he'd probably sail it high and wide. That's Correct. technically a target for me. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was a catchable target. There's two things. It doesn't mean it's a catchable target, but in the, in the, in the scorebook, yep. it goes down as a target. Yep. And you'll see it every week. You'll see... Ten targets, five catches. That doesn't mean the guy dropped five balls. Exactly. It could mean he dropped one, exactly. two, whatever. But it also means he doesn't. The, the balls aren't caught. You're right. Ninety percent of them. It is. It's a. I don't know what the exact stat is. There. It is a crazy stat of yep. of targets to catch ratio for that guy. It's yeah, insane. It's, what he's done this year, uh, to me, is incredible. Yeah. And and to do it when you're the guy and you're the go to and you do it game in and game out, that that to me. Um, that, that, that's the hardest thing to do in the game because it takes a game plan, it takes execution, it takes the play caller, the quarterback, the receiver, and that they, they do it the best of anyone in the league. And the defense is scheming against that guy. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if occasionally in some zone stuff you have a linebacker responsible for him underneath, the corner maybe, maybe even it's, 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 it's man under and zone behind or zone whatever. Yep. you got a man on him, a, a, probably a safety assigned over the top of him and a linebacker assigned underneath him, and he still gets open. Right. How is that possible? Exactly. If that were here, our, our, well, they just took him away. Our reasoning him. would say, well, they did a good job taking him away. Yeah. yeah. You can't do anything about can't it. Can't do anything about that. All right. So let's stick in the NFC. If I were to give you $100 to take a team that wins the NFC, give me that team. I'll take the Saints now. Really? Um, because of what I saw from San Francisco this week. Yeah, but that was a perfect storm letdown, right? After yeah, the New I mean, Orleans it, it win. It was a big game against New Orleans. And really, the game that still matters for them is going to be Week 17 Seattle. against Seattle. I, I still think, though, if the Saints can sneak up somehow and get the, get that home field and they play in the Dome each week, man, that, that's tough to beat them. Now, if it's New Orleans that has to go to Seattle on a cold and rainy night or a cold and snowy night, then Seattle gets that advantage. Oh, but, Seattle's really good. Seattle's yeah. 7-1 on the road. They're right. actually better on the road than at home, yeah. as much as everybody thinks that's a home field advantage, which it is with the famous 12th man thing. Yeah. They're better on the road. Well, I, I, I take out the whole NFC East. I'm, I'm I, not, I do and I don't. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm over the Cowboys. I don't think I'm the Vikings I'm not over the Cowboys because the Cowboys still have talent. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you it's enough to go on the road because they would have to go on the road a couple of times, um, they, they may actually host the first round yeah. game against a wild card, but after that, it would be road game divisional series, road yeah. game championship. That's that's a tough task. I'm not I'm not discounting that. Is Aaron Rodgers in that group sneak, getting sneaky? Yeah, I think he can be, uh, but again, that that's just I, I haven't seen the consistency enough from Aaron Rodgers. I, I look at to me, it's the Saints or the Seahawks. 
above the 49ers. Yeah, and the Seahawks just feel like and, and the reason and I maybe say there's that, something to this for the Seahawks. They've won so many one possession yeah. games, it's insane. But I think there's also something to the fact that they either figure out a way to yeah. hold you down when they have to, and then rally to beat you when they have to. Yeah, and Pete Carroll's got the strongest jawline because of the gummy chews. I'm a big Pete Carroll gum chewing guy, but he do chomp it. If you're giving me Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, or Jimmy Garoppolo, the, Jimmy G would be third on the, the list. The right? Niners are third on that yeah, list, and I, mean, I think in the playoffs you got to have a guy that that lifts you and carries you. I, that's why I'm I'm leaning towards taking my hundred bucks on Aaron Rodgers and rolling the dice okay. for one more time with it. Okay, one more time. All right, in the AFC, um, the the team that I've been saying for weeks that I've even probably kind of put to the wayside, and they're starting to. Do a lot of good things. Um, they were that high-flying, just shoot you down team last year. They should have won the AFC and didn't. Kansas City Chiefs are starting to get some things going on both sides of the football. And I think the only problem is, can can they go on the road to a Baltimore or a New England and, and win that game? Now, they've already done it in New England once. Doing it twice may be hard. I still think the Patriots, despite the win over the Bengals on Sunday... They really struggle on offense, and, and Brady really looks bad. I mean, he missed – Tony, you watched it, obviously, like I did, and you watched it probably with a quarterback's eye far more than I do. Yep. But he missed a lot of guys, a lot of guys. I'm, I'm off the – And um, he doesn't have – and he's done it before without the weapons. This is as weaponless as weapons. he's ever been. He doesn't have the weapons. Uh, he has drops. The line hasn't been as good. They don't run it great. They yeah. run it okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off the Patriots. I've been, I've been with the Ravens. I know you year, have. You have. But uh, I'm with you at this point. Seeing what the Chiefs are doing, they just pick up Terrell Suggs. Yep. That, that's just the, the de- that's their just, defense you know, has played a lot better down yes. the stretch. And they have that little chip on their shoulder that they've already beat the Ravens this year. They've already seen. And they've already beat the Patriots yep. this year. That's a good point. They've already seen Lamar Jackson in that attack. It's not the first time seeing it. It's not the wow factor. They've done it before. They bolstered their, their secondary uh, with Tyron Matthew. I mean, they – they have a, a legitimate case because their defense has improved. And when their offense is clicking, man, it, it, it's fun to watch. I would love to see an AFC championship of the Ravens and the Chiefs. I would, too. That'd be, that'd be, that would be fun. I would, too. I, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, all right, so so back to the MVP conversation. It, it had been Russell and and Lamar, and it feels like now it's becoming more Lamar and then Russell. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm not even sure it's even close anymore. I, I, the game on Thursday night, I know it's the Jets. I mean, let's face it, the Bengals beat the Jets, and they're dreadful, and they're bad, and they're terrible, and all the all the adjectives you want to throw their way. I, just, I don't know how they've gone, how they've won five games. I really, truly don't. Um, he wasn't supposed to play initially, and then it was, maybe he's going to play a little bit, yeah. and then we'll get him out. And so they limited him running the ball, and yet he chucks five touchdowns. Yeah. It's, it, it is crazy, the, the numbers he's putting up week to week. It was almost... It's almost more dangerous watching Thursday night because while he still ran for 86 yards, yeah. he threw for five touchdowns. Yes. And that's what you – like going into a game against the Ravens, you want to say make him beat us with his arm. Yeah, because I, I think – he did. I, I think the, the thing for him last year was, hey, if you can get it on top of them and they have to play from behind, which they did in the playoff yeah. game. And that might have been the turning point, believe it or not, because he actually had to throw them back into that game Correct. against – it was the Chargers, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. He had to throw them back into that game, and he yeah. almost did. I mean, yeah. they came – with an eyelash of pulling off the, the win after being down and out. And then, obviously, they've let him evolve, and that offense has evolved. Now it's – they play from ahead so much that yeah. it's a position of strength. But just, I think if you're behind even a couple scores, you I'm, feel like Lamar can get you back in it by I'm making plays. I'm just interested plays. to see if he has to play a full game. 
<laughs> will he have enough? Will he have enough? Condi- is yeah. his conditioning good is enough? Taking out in that halftime or third quarter so many times yeah, this year. It's like what you do in peewee football, yeah. right? You don't do that in the NFL. I, just, I, I would so like to see an explosive game between the Chiefs and the Ravens again. A little forty-five, forty-two, Jobby. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on yep. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. All right, so you're hundred bucks. You're still, you're right. You're riding the Ravens till you die, right? Yep. And then you're riding the Saints. Yep. Correct. All right, I'm taking my hundred bucks. I'm going on. I'm going on Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I'm taking my hundred bucks and I'm putting on the Packers in the in the NFC. Deal. All right, we'll see how it goes. Deal. All right, when we come back, we're gonna look at some of the bowl games in college football, and I've got a Luke Fickle question I have to ask Tony Pike. It's the yeah. Angry Quarterbacks podcast from the James Rapine Memorial Studio in ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself. And it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people. People who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy. But at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. It's Richard Skinner, Tony Pike with you. I'm from Local 12 and Local12.com. He is the quarterback whisperer of the Tri-State. Again, if you have a young quarterback out there, you want to mold them and get them ready. He did some great things with a lot of quarterbacks in this area this past year. I got a chance to see our guy Paul Kramer last week at the Northern Kentucky Football Coaches Banquet that I emceed, and uh, it's good to see him, and he was one of your guys, and he was one of the top 26, raking the awards in. Uh, Cam Hergett uh, at Beachwood, who uh, is actually having a pretty good start to basketball, trying to get him in shape uh, for for basketball. uh, I'm expecting Cam to have a really big senior season. I am too. I think he's going to, too. He looks like he's grown again, for goodness sakes. He's a big kid. We we do some of that, But you had had, had quarterbacks from Northern Kentucky. From Ohio. I work on growing and, as and well. E- and even in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, you can make them grow, yeah. right? You p- sprinkle a little water on them. Something a little, you got, uh, Redding Milk Creek little, water. It's, it's somehow magical. Now, you may be glowing in five years. <laughs> hey, but it's worth it. <laughs> but it's worth it. Exactly right. Get, get you your scholarship when all is, is said and done. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you a Luke Fickle question first. Then we're going to look at some of these bowls. And I'm going to ask you about your bowl swag days. Because I like some of these names of these bowls. And I want to mm-hmm. wonder what some of the swag might be that you would get from these. I know everybody is on that wringing of hands as, as you get to off-seasons, although a lot of these jobs are filling very quickly. Um, but it, it's going to keep coming up. Could would, would Luke Fickle make roots here with this program for five more years, ten more years, for at least a lengthy period of time? And, and I'm of the ilk that wonders, unless a major Big Ten job came open yeah. and or Ohio State, which would be a no-brainer, does he leave? I, I think Fickle is different. I think Fickle is a guy that stays. I think there is one important factor to keeping Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Get him a better hotel room in Memphis next time. Get a better hotel in Memphis and find money for his assistants. To pay his assistants. Yeah. yeah. Because that's my fear is that money may not be there. The greatness of Luke Fickle um, is delegation, right? It, it, yeah, it goes away a little bit. If there's no Marcus Freeman, mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman is a super talent. But I think also and Luke Luke was a defensive guy, right. And a defensive coach. But them together and, 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 is what yeah, I mean. But also to put your ego aside to some degree and go, yeah. you're my guy, you're my coordinator. But and I'm sure he has input. I mean, you um, don't. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like you're talking about the the, the week of preparation where you get Marcus Freeman and Luke mm-hmm. Fickle brainstorming yep. a defense to come up with. Man, that like that's something that that you cannot lose. And and they've done it. 
And I think Luke, Luke has established recruiting in this area on a level that's never been seen before. Um, the back-to-back multi, or, uh, last year in 11-win season, this year 10 going for 11. So you add that into place, and it's supposed to be better next year. Right. Uh, so you keep building recruiting. My only concern is down the road saying, look, I want, I want to pay Marcus Freeman this. Mm-hmm. I want my assistant to get this. And the university saying, uh, we, got no money. we can't do that. To then Luke Fickle would say, okay, well, now I need to find somewhere where I can pay my guys. Now, he, he also, though, I think he, from a family perspective, wants his kids to have some level of consistency, right? I don't know what, what the word would be. That, you know, for a lot of coaches, especially if you're going up, up the chain, which Luke to, some, to a large degree is, you, you can become nomadic for a handful of years, yeah. right? Feels like it, and it seems like that. That's pretty important for him to put down some level of roots for his kids too. Or am I reading that wrong? Uh, no, I think with Luke Fickle, I think that's important. And I think when you have the size of a family that he does, yeah, that that the, the Midwestern guy grew up. This I way. mean, he doesn't hit, want to move across him the and the Rossfield family. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious, they could put together yeah. their own football team. I think. No, I, I think that's a very valuable piece. And I think the fact that Luke Fickle, unprovoked multiple times, has come out of his way and talked about how much he enjoys being here. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that's not scripted. That's not, hey, can you give us a statement? That's unprovoked. Where he comes out and answers this stuff. So um I think the the new athletic director coming in is gonna have a huge say in that because I, I think, I think they're I, gonna want to sit down. I think the new athletic director coming in and looking at the books and seeing where they stand financially is yeah. huge. Yep. Because you look at because I fear that he comes in, looks at the books, and goes, or she right. it could be a she. He or she comes in, looks at the books, and goes, "Wait a minute, well, you we spent at, like a drunken sailor here, people." We look at the Boston College new hire. That's Ohio State's co-defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. So that would be an opening um, for maybe a Marcus Freeman, no, no doubt, something like that. So, so now it, that new athletic director is important to say, "Hey, what can we do? How much can we give him to keep Marcus Freeman here in Cincinnati?" Question is, how, what, what the, the timing of hiring that new athletic Correct. director? Where, where do we stand with that? Well, they, they said they have a guy. I know, I know they said that. Coming they said in that, place, yes. the, um, was he the associate at Minnesota um, that has worked uh, under, never been an AD himself, but he's, he's worked under uh, an AD multiple times. So that, that to me, is, is almost a done deal. It said it's going to be announced tomorrow at some point. Uh, he's coming from Minnesota. He was. Yeah, John Cunningham. Yeah, he was, he was in the. Um, the hiring of P.J. Fleck. He's had success in that in the past. So, the only again, the only interesting part, whoever it is that's here, the first time they sit down and they open the books, <laughs> and he has that meeting with Luke Fickle, and he says, what can I do? And Luke says, this is what I want. This is what we need to have. And the AD can either say, we'll find a way to make that happen. Or, or I just can't. Can't make that happen. Yeah. And, and the, the, the sad part is then the AD looks like the bad guy, when in fact it would be the previous yeah, AD. Yeah, that's right. That, that yeah. was the bad guy. Yeah. So, a uh, very interesting couple of weeks that'll be uh, coming up here for the University of Cincinnati, to say the least. All right, it is bowl season. They actually start this coming Friday. I think the Bahamas Bowl is the one that kicks it off. Two o'clock, Charlotte and Buffalo. I'll be riveted to my TV for that, mm. yeah, or maybe not. Um, mm. All right, so for these bowl games, for those that don't know, as a player, they they give swag bags. Oh yeah, and for some of these, some of these are just they they they. Like the Cheez It Bowl. How about the Lending Tree Bowl. Okay, so you would, do you get a free loan? <laughs> you get free closing. We give you free yeah. closing costs yep. on your first home. Yep. <laughs> I mean, come on. Actually, Where you went your future. You all right? So you went to a couple major bowls. Obviously, you went to the yeah. to the Sugar and and, and the uh, the Orange Bowl. Uh, what were those swag bags like? Um, really nice. I, I mean, bet the one we had a Best Buy suite where you got a certain amount of money and you could go into a Best Buy and just get anything you wanted. That's nice. Um, yeah, the Orange Bowl. I mean the the 
the gear alone for the Orange Bowl and Sugar Bowl, the swag was unbelievable, let alone the gifts you get. Um, a little bit different in the International Bowl. Yeah, what would you get there? Um, I, I got Tim, a, nice, a gift card to Tim Hortons? I got a nice winter coat. Did you, wait, did you really? Yeah. Do you still wear it? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. It's like a parka. It, yeah, it's okay. like the best coat I've ever had. Okay. That's well, what, that's what, sounds that's, like a pretty good deal to that's me. That's what I take away from the International Bowl. No, hang on. Did, did you guys actually then, did they give it to you and you like had to carry it on the plane and all that? That sounds oh, yeah. like extra stuff you got to yeah. bring. Yeah. Like the Best Buy suite, I'm assuming you could just take just the card. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the Papa John's Bowl, we had an unlimited amount of Papa John's. I figured that. Was there anything else besides that? I can't tell you. <laughs> Seriously? I just, I just knew the Papa John's was there. That was it? Yeah. Nothing else? I mean, I got like, we got we chose... The team for that chose to get a ring because at that point it was like, do you want more swag or you want a ring? And for whatever reason, the seniors said a ring. So their commemorance of that is, hey, man, what championships you win? I got the Papa John's see ring. This, Look at see this blend? Papa John's, baby. Papa John's. Oh, my goodness gracious. Like the Camellia Bowl. What do you get at the Camellia Bowl? Exactly. I mean, come on. How about this one? The Cure Bowl between Georgia mm. Southern and Liberty. What are they curing? Who knows? I, I, honestly. Do you have an ailment? Maybe. Do you have a sickness? I, I Call do, us. Look, the first responder bowl in Dallas, I mean, it's obviously for a, a good cause there. I will give them that. How about the Redbox Bowl? Does anybody even go to Redbox anymore? Hey. Does anybody? Struggling with that Netflix account? Let me help you out. A year's supply of Redbox. I, I, I used to love Redbox. I don't, does anybody go to Redbox anymore? It's like See, Blockbuster. I would, one I would enjoy, Camping World I would enjoy. Because you probably get some like cool outdoor camping stuff. <laughs> okay. Maybe a Yeti. <laughs> How about the quick lane? Well, what the hell is quick lane? Is it a bowling alley or is it like a Jiffy Lube? See? Okay. Jiffy Lube. So, so okay, oil I guess changes. unlimited oil changes for, for all family. the players. So Pittsburgh and Eastern Michigan players, enjoy that. I mean, some of these things. Holy cow. What about the New Mexico Bowl? You just get to go to New Mexico. There's yeah. nothing else to it. You just get to go to New Mexico. December 21st in Albuquerque. Now, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet you the Outback Bowl would be yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Just for the food alone, I think that would be pretty sweet. I mean, there's a good bowl. It's got a, it's, it's, it's got a good, uh, it's got a good thing to it. I mean, so most of these have have like the Lending Tree Bowl, as you mentioned. They have a sponsor. I just like, I like the Birmingham Bowl for starters. Poor UC players. You're gonna get to go and and you get nothing. You just yeah. go to Birmingham. How about that swag bag? <laughs> Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, hopefully, there's a Dreamland Barbecue yep. uh, gift, card gift card in there because that place it. is delightful. I, I mean, the Arizona Bowl. Yeah, and who? who it's in Arizona. <laughs> I realize that's about it. Arizona puts it on. That's about all there is to it. All right, if as you look at these, is there a favorite bowl of yours as you look at this? That I have a, fr- a friend of mine who swears he tries to watch at least a half of every bowl, mm. at least, no matter how bad. And I love college football. I'm one. I'm one. Bowl. You're probably like me. I will watch if if I have a chance because NFL Sundays I'm obviously working, yep. so I don't get a chance to watch NFL. I love college football. I love. Uniforms, yep. pageantry, I love everything about it. I have my favorite team, obviously, my alma mater, Kentucky. But I love just watching college football from noon until midnight. A lot of times I can I, it's, I can do that with the best of them. But man, oh man, it's going to be a struggle to sit through Georgia, Southern, and Liberty. And it's yeah. really going to be a struggle for me to sit through Charlotte and Buffalo, and Utah State, and Kent State. Yeah. yeah, boy, ain't that a thrill for the people in the Bahamas? Hey, we got Charlotte and Buffalo yep. coming. Coming on into town. <laughs> come, come on and see us play. Yeah, there, there's not as many like as like the enticing match, like the, even like Notre Dame Iowa State. Like, I know I don't care much to watch Iowa State play Notre Dame. Yeah, I, that doesn't um, seem like a very intriguing match. Cal and Illinois, neither one feel like bowl teams. Yeah, they Boston just don't. College, Cincinnati, Tulane, and Southern Miss. Right. Ugh. I mean, there's just some bad yeah, ones this year. There's not. Wyoming, Georgia State. Yeah, like and even like the Citrus Bowl. Alabama's going to boat race boat race Michigan. Going to kill them. Like that, that to me is not even exciting. Unless they feel like they don't want to be yeah. there, right? You always have that potential that, that, that neither team wants to yeah. be there. 
I mean, Florida State's in a bowl. Why the hell is Florida State in a bowl? Correct. Ay, ay, ay. Well, enjoy bowl season. Uh, That's all Marvin I can tell Lewis. That's right. We're fighting. How about, him? How about him as a head coaching candidate this offseason? Do you think he gets one? I do. I think if he wants to, he will. I do, too. I, I never thought that another team would... would, would all he's got to do is be like, hey, see what the Bengals did this year? Look what I put up with for all those years. I don't doubt that. No, no question. All right, we'll be back for a, another week as we wind down the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. Got a couple more weeks to go. Bowl season. Yep, bowl season is upon us. We'll talk about that. Maybe what the new AD at UC will do with the, uh, the coaching staff and much, much more. We thank you for being with us. For our executive producer Rob Ebel and Tony Pike. I'm Richard Skinner. It's the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and ESP Media.